One thing I think we get wrong so often in our readings, especially because we want to make the mass so attractive, is we try to make things cute. And the thing about cute is it's not very compelling to surrender your life to that. Today we hear in our first reading from the, the book of Sirach, which again is a father writing to his son. And if you were asking what was my favorite book in the Old Testament, it is Sirach. But don't tell it to Protestants because they don't have that book in their Bible. So do you know that we have a difference there? Um, but in the beginning of these words, we hear those words, In those days, like a fire, there appeared the prophet Elijah. Those words as a flaming furnace. So most people would not be attracted to that because that means that fire, that burning furnace, the words of the prophet are meant to, again, as we've, we've said before, the prophets are meant to console the brokenhearted, right? And to comfort the, um, the, uh, the cons- those who need to be consoled. And when these words come out, it says their staff of bread he shattered, right? In his zeal, he reduced them to straits, which means the Lord wants to burn away in everything in us that is going to take away this cuteness of, of the faith and make us go into conviction. Cuteness does not lead to commitment. Cuteness does not lead to conviction. Well, what the hell does is right the question. Well, the cross does, right? So if you want to look at the cross with me for a second, if, if Jesus, when he's talking about in our gospel today, he's coming down from the mountain, right? The mountain is always a symbol of God being caught up in the heavens. And as they're coming down from the mountain, right there, they're, they're coming down, which is a sign of where we're not called to be. We're not called to go down the mountain. We're called to keep going up. And the, the disciples asked Jesus, why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? And Jesus says, Elijah will indeed come and restore all things. But I tell you that Elijah has already come, right? So, so Elijah, who is the, he, the one who's, who's prophesied in the Old Testament and fulfilled in the New Testament, it's John the Baptist, right? He is the one we heard even last weekend, is the one who's preparing the way of the Lord, who's calling out in the desert, right? To make mountains low, to make valleys high, right? To make crooked roads straight, to make uneven places smooth, right? But if they can't even see that, then what is going to convict them is kind of the question. And it's suffering. It's suffering. When we look at actually what our lack of fire does to the world, it actually makes him, Jesus, suffer more than anything. Because some of us, we want a comfortable, cute faith. Because then I don't have to commit to anything. And I don't have to follow through with my word. I can be, you know, like a reed swayed in the wind that we just heard about yesterday. But but as we hear in Elijah, he says, What or whose glory is equal to yours? You are taken aloft in the whirlwind of fire. And that fire of the Holy Spirit needs to be in you and I at all times so we can be convicted of the love of Jesus on the cross every second of every day. And you are blessed, says Sirach, because you have seen him and who falls asleep in your friendship, which means he actually wants to take care of you so you have a rest that no one else can give you, right? So that when you think about what you're going to be doing this upcoming week, you make your commitment now. You make your commitment now so it doesn't turn to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, what should I be doing? We make our commitments now. So for example... When I was looking at my commitments this week, I knew that a snowstorm was coming. 
and I knew that Fit Shepherds would suck this today. So I got up early, I went, and I wanna share with you what we did for a workout because I didn't know what I was gonna be doing, but I made my commitment like Wednesday, Thursday to go, and we did the 12 Days of Christmas Fit Shepherds workout. And it was awful because yes, the weather was not fun, but again, I made a commitment. Was it a cute workout? Absolutely not. Was it sloppy? Absolutely. So for the first day of Christmas, my Fit Shepherd friend gave to me, is what we did. We did one minute plank. And then we did two push-up jacks. And then we went, you know, we went to do three squat thrusts, four tricep dips, five, five fifth day of Christmas, knees to elbows, six was mountain climbers, seventh was jump lunges, eight was boxing jump punches, nine was crunches, ten was slide raises, side raises, eleventh was burpees, and the twelfth twelfth one was overhead push-ups. So we had to go from one to two, and then back around on the two to one, right? So it was awful. But I will tell you this much. What was, what was helpful was having other people who were convicted that this is an important thing to do in their life, right? You and I often can talk a good game, but if we don't have friendship and fellowship with other people, it's very easy to not say our responsorial psalm today. To say, Lord, make us, notice the plural, make us turn to you. Let us see your face in plural. We shall be saved. Saved from cuteness, saved from that wishy-washy faith, but also saved in the arms of our loving Savior who suffered for us. And if we can't allow that to penetrate us, we're going to be blinded just like those in those disciples in our gospel today. If they don't recognize John the Baptist, who's meant to prepare the way of the Lord, which you and I are also, by the way, all called to be a John the Baptist, to point everybody to Jesus, then how will they understand that? But Jesus says, at the end of our gospel, he says, then the disciples understood that when he said they must suffer, ah, not cute, convicted, ah, not cute, commitment, right? And that he was speaking to them about John the Baptist. But again, you and I are all called to be John the Baptist, just to point people to Jesus. And that's how our faith grows. That's how the fire in us grows. So we're called to do it every Mass is to make a recommitment to keeping our word, to looking ahead and preparing the way of the Lord and making our commitments now. So it's not when things get difficult, there's a snowstorm or what have you, that we get wishy-washy. We have to know that our commitment means so much to Jesus. Our commitment means so much to him and it keeps his church on fire with love that helps people commit when things are difficult. Because if our faith is just going to be cute and we can just be wishy-washy with it, no one's going to want to be a part of it. No one's going to want to be a part of it. But when we all do it together, we all say, Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see your face and we shall be saved. There is a sense of belonging. And everyone belongs at the foot of the cross with the Blessed Mother, John, the, the beloved disciple, and Mary Magdalene, waiting for our Savior to come down and to rise from the dead so we may have new life in the midst of chaos. So we take a moment of silence and we recommit ourselves as the Lord commits himself to us as he comes down on this altar and he comes before us to love us and to let us see his face. So the beautiful thing is, my friends, that in this Mass, this scripture comes to life. It's not meant to stay on this page. It's meant to come off this page and into your heart, into your body, and into your soul. And if you let him, 
mountains lower, valleys fill, crooked paths are made straight, and things that are shaky are made smooth. For he says, all flesh shall, shall see the salvation of God. Amen.